Welcome to Guided Way Ministries with Pastor Alan Rogers. In a fast-growing cold world, this message offers you the bread of life and an opportunity to drink from the fountain of living water. In this message, you will hear only the truth, and if you do not want to listen to it, turn it off. If you are hungry for revelation in the Word of God, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, if you are looking to be spiritually uplifted, be willing to listen, and listen with all your attention. For what you will hear in this message is not carnal, but spiritual. We hope you are blessed, edified, and fully rejuvenated in your spirit to continue with everyday life. Well, peace be unto you all. I thank God for all that he has done. I thank him for his many blessings. I thank him for his mighty outstretched hand. I um, got in the car, went outside. I got everything, went outside and warmed the truck and put the Bible down and came to church. So I don't have my lesson. I don't have um, anything that I did. But we do know that God is good. So he'll he'll teach us in. I try to memorize some of the verses that I have. So I'll be reading Philippians 2. 12 through 15, then we'll go to Isaiah 29, 13, Malachi 1:6, and Ezekiel 16, 8 through 12. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for this opportunity. Thank you, Lord, for all that you have done. Thank you, my God, for granting us traveling mercies to Portland and back and all the time that we travel, you have always watched over us. Thank you, my Father, for blessing us to be here today, my God. Lord, let us be here with an open heart, with an open mind, with hearts of understanding, with eyes that can see and ears that will hear. You said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. My Father, bless us to hear what you are telling us today, my God. And bless this seed to fall upon good ground. Don't let me say anything according to the flesh, but let me speak all according to the Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. When I got up, when I got here this morning, that scripture came to me when Jesus sent his disciples out and he said, don't take no script, no money, no shoes, no nothing, and I don't have my script. So the Lord is the one that preaches anyway, not me. So I was praying and in the Bible, throughout the Bible, you hear of God doing such big, big miracles. I mean, raising the dead, cleansing the leper, giving sight to the blind. That lady that was bound, she was bound with an infirmity for 18 years, the Bible says. And when Jesus saw her, he told her, woman, thou art loosed. And she was loosed from her infirmity that same hour. The, the, uh, I believe it was a eunuch or a soldier or whatever, sentry. He sent his people to tell Jesus to come and pray for his child. But when Jesus took a long time to get there, the child, he said, before he got there, he said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, roof, but say in a word. And when Jesus spoke the word, the child was healed in the same hour. When Peter and John were going, they went to the gate called Beautiful, and they saw that man that was sitting there asking for alms. And they said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the man went leaping and jumping. They told Jesus, they said, 
your, the man who you love is dead. He first he was sick, but Jesus didn't go on purpose. And Jesus told his disciples, his sickness is not unto death, but that I may be glorified that you will believe he will die anyway. And then when Jesus got there, they said, by this time, he stinks. It's already been four days that he's been in the grave. But when Jesus went, he said, roll away the stone. And when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he had no other choice but to raise from the dead and he came forth and I was thinking Lord why are all these miracles happening then but now we don't see those same kind of miracles today is there something that we're lacking or is there something that we're missing why is it that you did it then but now we we do see miracles I'm not saying that we don't we do he he listens to our prayers he gives us traveling mercy he heals us when we're sick and we pray but where are the big, big, big ones? Where are the, why is the churches so empty? Why, why is it God really moving, yeah? You can watch on YouTube and they say, oh, the, these churches are packed with people and the mighty move of God is everywhere. And, and, but you don't see that. It's only on YouTube, only on video. It's not in real life, not the, as far as I know. So I was wondering why, but the Lord showed me something very very small but yet so big and it's in philippians we're going to philippians the second chapter philippians the second chapter in the 12th verse says wherefore my beloved as ye have always obeyed not as in my presence only but now much more in my absence work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputing, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. He's saying to that we are supposed to be the same in season and out of season. We're supposed to be obedient in front of people and obedient when nobody's watching. When you're by yourself in your own house and there is absolutely nobody there, what are you doing? When you're with your friends, how are you behaving? When you're at work, how are you behaving? Does your environment change your behavior or does your behavior change your environment? When we walk somewhere, our light is supposed to shine. If we are staying bright no matter where we're at, when we go somewhere, our light is supposed to shine. That's when miracles begin to happen, when people can see Jesus in us. But if our behavior changes according to our atmosphere, you won't see the miracles of God. Because God is not wishy-washy. God is not good one day and not the next day. God is not bright today and dark tomorrow. He is the same yesterday today and forever so i began to say lord well how can we be obedient and then the word honor came to me we honor people we honor the police we honor even real though we may say that we don't we do drive down the road and let one of them pull behind you you start checking for seat belts you start making sure your speed is okay 
you wondering if your license plates have expired. You use all of these things begin to go through your mind because you honor the authority that they have and they can use that authority if they see fit. And so we honor people, we honor our parents up to a certain point, we should always honor more, but we do have an honor for each other up to a certain point. But when it comes to God, the word honor is different. The word honor, when you honor God, it means to set heavy, which means it's supposed to be heavy on your heart. I need to pray. I need to fast. I need to worship. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to make him happy. I need to know who he is. We're supposed to let that, that's supposed to be heavy on us. Then we can't get enough. If we go a day and we've been working and we can't read our Bible, it's supposed to bother us. It's not supposed to be like, oh, I didn't get a chance to read my Bible today. I'll catch up tomorrow. We're not supposed to have that kind of feeling. We're supposed to be like, you know what? I need to pray. I need to just stop doing what I'm doing and I just need to pray. It's supposed to be heavy. The word honor means to be heavy on. The word honor also means to, it's supposed to be of great value. So when we honor God, he's supposed to be of great value to us. We're supposed to always want to make him happy, always want to be around him, not just when we need something. When I was, I was praying and then Friday night, it was made even more clear and more sense that we go to God extra when we want extra. We want God to heal something, so then we go and we begin to fast and pray. We want God to bless us some big, so we're always in church. We're the first ones at the door. We're the first ones at the altar. We want to fast and we want to pray, and we want to just spend time with God only because we are expecting something. That leads us to the scripture that says in Isaiah 29, 13. Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, with their lips do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Now how does that look? We're over here praying and fasting and reading and spending time with God, but let him tell us now that we can't have what we asked for. And all that praying and that altar that we were at and the knees that were sore because we were on them so long, all that becomes a thing of the past. Because our heart wasn't doing it because we loved God, or we were doing it because we wanted something. I remember when I was going to go on a 40-day fast, and I, I I wanted to go on this fast, but things didn't work out that I didn't go on the 40-day fast. And me and Mark were going to do it together, but I don't know what his reasons were, but my reasons were to go on this fast as I wanted power from on high. I wanted to heal the sick. I wanted to raise the dead. Those were all the wrong reasons to be trying to fast and pray. Otherwise, it looks like your fasting and praying caused you to be able to do this and it doesn't. Only Jesus does that. When you do it just because you love God, Lord, I'm just going to fast today because I just want to spend time with you. Then if he sees fit to heal somebody through your hands, let him. If he sees fit to preach to somebody through you, let him. If he sees fit to pray for somebody through you, let him. But don't do it just so that he can do that because then your heart's not in the right place. Do it because you just love God. Do it because you just want to do it. Don't do extra. And it really made me think when we went to Portland and we saw Abby. I believe she knew she was going to go. She didn't need to change anything. She didn't need to add praise because that's what she already did. She didn't need to be thankful because she was already thankful. She didn't need to start doing something for God because she was already doing her best. 
She didn't need to say, well, I need to stop doing this because she was already not doing that. She lived a life for God because she wanted to, not because she was expecting God to do something. And although she may not have seemed to be there in the physical uh, mindset, her spiritual mind would never skip to be, never skip to be. She knew how to serve the Lord because she wanted to, not because she was expecting something. When I was going to, sometimes I was going to preach or, or talk to somebody and I would really get on my knees and, and then I would feel a little bit bad, like, well, you should have been on your knees anyway, whether you're going to talk to somebody or not. You, you, that should have been your life, you know, doing that. But then it just really made more sense why God honors it so much more when we do it without expecting something. When we do it, the reason is because when we do stuff expecting something, that's how easy it is for us to fall if we don't get it. Because our heart wasn't there anyway. So then when God blesses us and we have all this stuff and we're praising and we're worshiping God and we're so on fire for the Lord and then the devil says, let me fight him. And God says, okay, go ahead. And the devil takes what we have. We crumble. We get all messed up in the head and we start losing it and we don't think of the scripture the Lord gave and the Lord took away. We're trying to be at the throne of grace. Lord, please God, give it back. When we should be like the Lord gave and the Lord took away, I'm still going to serve the Lord. It doesn't matter if I have something or not. It doesn't matter if I'm sick or well. I will still serve the Lord because we do it because we want to, not for what we have or what we're trying to get. Yes, the Lord does want to work and heal and cleanse the leopard and give sight to the blind and raise the dead. He does. But if that's all we're going to God for so that he can do that, then our heart's not in the right place. So now it makes more sense when he said, it's good to want spiritual gifts, but covet to prophesy. Let that be the most gift you desire because when you prophesy, you can edify everybody, not just certain people. So God wants to edify the whole body of Christ. We're going to Malachi 1, 6. A son honoreth his father and a servant his master. If then I be a father, where is mine honor? And if I be a master, where is my fear? Saith the Lord of hosts unto you. O priests that despise my name, and you say, wherein have we despised thy name? You know, we, our children honor us, and we feel good when they honor us. It doesn't feel that good when our children disobey us, or it doesn't feel that good when we plan something for our children, and then they're like, eh, it wasn't really that fun, and you know, I'm really not really interested. It doesn't feel that good. But when you plan something for your child and they're so excited and they jump around and you're like, oh yes, it makes you feel almost the same excited of how excited they are. When they come to you and they just say, daddy or mommy, I love you. And you didn't give them nothing or you didn't tell them nothing. They just wanted to do that. You feel way more happy than when they say, I love you. Can I have 20 bucks? You love my money, but you don't really love me. You know, so it's a difference. And it's the same thing with God. In our spiritual walk with God, he said, if I'm your father, where's my honor? How come you don't want to just spend time with me if I don't give you something? How come you don't want to just fast and pray and meditate and just, just love me for who I am? Why do I always have to give you something in order for you to spend time with me? This is how we honor God. 
is to just spend time with him. I don't want nothing. I don't need nothing. I just want to spend time with you. Just me and you today. That's how we honor God. And yes, of course, we already know when Jesus is happy, we can't receive all that he has for us. But let us do it because we want to not because we're trying to get something. We're going to Ezekiel 16, 8 through 12. Now when I passed by thee and looked upon thee, behold, thy name was the time of love, and I spread my skirt over thee and covered thy nakedness. Yea, I swear unto thee and entered into a covenant with thee, saith the Lord God, and thou becamest mine. Then washed I thee with water, yea, I thoroughly washed away thy blood from thee, and I anointed thee with oil. I clothed thee also with broidered work, and shod thee with badger skin, and I girded thee about with fine linen, and I covered thee with silk. I decked thee also with ornaments, and I put bracelets upon thy hands, and a chain on thy neck. And I put a jewel on thy forehead, and earrings in thy ears, and a beautiful crown upon thine head. See, it wasn't because we were doing something good why God did all of that. We were in our sin. We were yet in our sin. We were wallowing in our blood. We were filthy. We were disgusting. He just had mercy. He had that little compassion like, oh, and did all for us. He did that. So when we praise God, when we serve God, when we read our Bible, when we fast, when we go to the altar and just give thanks, we should already say, you know what? You've done enough. I'm going to praise you because when I was sick, you have healed me. Well, I'm going to praise you because when I was lost, you brought me out of the darkness into your marvelous light. I'm going to serve you because you've already done enough for me. When I was wallowing in my field, you cleaned me up. You baptized me. You washed away all of my sins. That's enough to give God praise for the rest of our lives. It's enough to just say, Lord, I want to get to know you just for who you are because you've already done enough for me you are the one that made me yours you are the one that decked me with gold and with silver and made me somebody when I was a nobody you are the one that picked me up when I could not get up on my own you are the one that has sustained me these 42 years what more can God do for us He's already loved us so much in John 3.16 that he gave his only begotten son. He loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son and we weren't even doing anything good. He said, well, you were yet in your sins in due time. He sent his son for us. That's enough to praise God for the rest of our lives. If he didn't do anything else for us, we should not stop serving the Lord. If he decided to say, you guys, this is all you're going to get until heaven, we should not stop serving the Lord. We should be the same excited to fast and to pray and to honor God with our lives. Because he's done everything for us already. What more could he do for us? There's a song that says, what more could Jesus do? He laid the foundation. He opened up the way. What more could he do? There's a scripture that says, come boldly before the throne of grace. But I see and I understand and including myself, we go boldly before the throne of grace when we want something. But all the other times when we have the opportunity to just go boldly before the throne of grace and say, Lord, I don't deserve to be here, but because you let me, I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you for what you have given me. We can go boldly before the throne of grace anytime we want, but we choose to only go when we really need something. I shouldn't say need, want something. 
but we have the time to go any day. When Jesus died, the veil was rent in twain. We have the opportunity to go boldly before the throne of grace and just give him some things. I don't deserve this, but you gave it to me, so thank you. When I was lost, you were the one that found me. When you're a drunkard and you have been drinking a little bit too much and your footsteps don't go with each other like they're supposed to and that one wants to go that way but your head wants to go the other way and so you're walking around staggering around that's how we were when we walk in darkness and we can't see and we bump into everything and we stumble and we fall because we're in such obscure darkness we cannot see but because God loved us so much he brought us out of that darkness into his marvelous life so we can see where we are going we don't need to walk around and stagger around we can walk straight and upright before God not because of what we've done but because he loved us that much why can't we just praise God without wanting more we need to praise God just because he's God when we meditate and we study, we should be doing that just because we want to do that. I've heard some people say that they don't want to really go to church unless they have a part. And it's a big part. They want to be a preacher or a musician or otherwise they don't want to go to church. They're looking for that church that they can be that part. We can't do that. David said, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. I may not be able to preach. I might not be the one of the musicians. I might not be able to sing on the microphone. I might look like I have nothing to do with the church. But as long as I am in the house of God, that's all that I desire. And then God will lift you up once you want him for who he is. But when all you want is more, 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 that's why we don't see great and big miracles. Because we're doing it for the wrong reason. Serve the Lord with joy and gladness not because we want something more than what he's already done it's good to desire to see the the miracles of god david said if i'm in the house of god i can behold the beauty of the lord because when you're in the house of god you can see god working but when we're only there to see something it's almost as bad as them saying show us a sign and then we'll believe we don't need God to show us any more signs. We know he's real. We know he is true. We know he's faithful. We know where he's brought us from. We should be serving God for the rest of our lives as much as we possibly can. If you were going to fast 10 days because you wanted something from God, you should fast that 10 days just to say thank you. And if he gives you extra, he does. If he doesn't, you still should be the same enthused about serving the Lord. With or without more, we have enough. We have everything that we need. Now, any one of us in here, I don't think, can say that they're lacking anything. Our bills are paid. Some of them might have late fees, but they're paid. Our food, we have food. It might not be a steak every day, but it is food. Our clothes that we have, we might not be able to wear a different suit every day, but we have one. We have clothes. We have shoes on our feet. We have already way more than Jesus had when he was here. He had one outfit as far as the Bible talks about. And that was his robe. That was his outfit. We can go change. There's a lot of us that look through the closet and I don't want to, I don't want to, that doesn't matter, I don't want. We have that much. He said the foxes have holes and the birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay our heads. Some of us own what we have. We have queen-sized beds. We have king-sized beds. We have more pillows than we use. 
I got, I think, seven or eight pillows in the house, and some of them are just in the closet. Because I like pillows, and I, after a while, I need a new one. And so we have that. Jesus didn't even have that. Look at Jacob. When Jacob was traveling to go to Padanaram, he slept, and his pillow was a stone. We are comfortable in this time in life. And we still want more. We want more. God, I will do it, but I need. No, we don't need. We have the strength we need. We have the Holy Ghost. We have a house. We have a roof over our head. We have pillows. We have clothes. We have food. What more do we need? We really should just be tickled as all we could be to serve the Lord. Because all of that we have came from him. We didn't get anything that we have on our own. He gave it to us. He said, I'm the one that gives you power to obtain wealth. And I know how that feels because I was working two jobs. I was making very good money. And I was broke, borrowing gas money. And I was making good. But if Jesus doesn't want you to have something, you're not going to have it. And then I come here and I have a little job here and a little job there. And you know what? Yes, I do borrow, but that's because I wasted on tools, but not because I don't have. But I have enough to buy my tools that I need. I can go and eat. I, none of my bills are behind. I'm fine with a little because God multiplies. Then when I had a lot and I had nothing, I was working two jobs, good jobs. I was broke. I was making $25 at one job and uh, 20 at the other job. And I wanted to work. I didn't care about sleep. I just wanted to work. I'd catch a couple hours of sleep and I'd go back to work, make them checks. My checks were huge and I was broke. Because he said, I'm going to cause you to make it, but then put it in pockets with holes. And then when you do get it, I'm going to blow on it. And you're not going to have anything. And I didn't. And now, a lot of times, I don't even have a job. And nothing is behind me. Because God will provide. Saints, we need to praise God just because for who he is. Not for what he wants anymore. Or for what we want anymore. When we fast, let's do it just because God is good. When we pray, let's just praise him. No matter what we do, let's just do it because God has already done enough for us. And then watch our lives become unity with God because our hearts will be there. We won't be honoring him with our lips and our hearts are somewhere else. Our hearts are thinking, well, if I don't get it, I got to go over here to get it. But our mouth is over here saying, Lord, I know you can do anything. But when we just serve the Lord with our hearts, He'll give us more and more and more. But we need to serve him just for who he is. Because God has already done enough for all of us. All of us have got enough. I want that testimony of Sister Abby. I don't need to change anything if I knew I was going to go today. I've done my best. That is the testimony we all need. I don't need to change. I don't need to add. I don't need to take away. I'm ready to go. I've done my best. That's the testimony we all need, is that testimony. I praise God. I'm, I hope. And one more thing, I, when we do our shut-in on, on this Sundays, oh, that's the scripture. I knew I remember it, but I couldn't think of it. There's a scripture that tells us how to, one of them that tells us how to honor God, and one of them is, it says, when you don't even say your own words, you don't even let nothing that satisfies your flesh at all. That is honoring God. Let's go to Isaiah 58, 13. Isaiah 58, 13 says, If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasures on my holy day, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, and shalt honor him, not doing thine own ways, nor finding thine own pleasures, nor speaking 
thine own words. Jesus came and they said that they were eating corn on the Sabbath day and didn't watch. And Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for Sabbath. I am Lord of the Sabbath. So the Sabbath day doesn't necessarily mean Saturday. You can pick a day and make it your holy day to just say, Lord, this day is for you. It doesn't have to be a Saturday. It could be if you work Saturday and you don't work Monday and Tuesday, you could pick one of those days and say, Lord, I'm just going to dedicate this day for you and just me and you. I'm not going to seek my own pleasures. I'm not going to try to make my flesh happy. I'm going to try not to even say what my flesh wants to say. And that is hard. I try to go one day without saying anything but the Bible and it has not happened yet. It's hard to not talk but just about the Bible or God or a good testimony and with Jesus in it and just not a random conversation. That's way harder than this. It sounds like a piece of cake for one day, but it's not. So on Sundays, at least once a month, when we come and do our shedding, we're going to try to push for that a little bit more. We don't even say a random conversation. We try to just focus that day on God. If we talk, it has to be about the Bible or what God's done for us or, or something about Jesus, not according to our flesh, and it's going to be a lot more challenging. But it's, it's worth it. So this is how we honor God, when we just deny ourselves all the way for a day. Just, Lord, my flesh is out of the picture. This is me and you, not because I want you to do something more for me. I just want to say thank you. This is just me and your time. That is an honor in the sight of God. That is good. We should do it more than once a month, but for starters, at least once a month would be nice. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. We're going to open the altar. If anyone needs prayer, just come up.
listening to this message as I hope it has been a blessing to you. Our goal is to show you the path of life and an opportunity of a lifetime. It is Christ's love and support that makes this opportunity possible. Please visit Guided Way Ministries online for more products, partnership, or to join. Visit us on Anchor to become a listener supporter. May God bless you. May he keep you. May he shine his face always upon you and may he forever keep you